to another episode of the CrossFit Howard podcast. Today we have Kieran. Kieran, thank you for joining us. Episode 78. Kieran, the first question I always tend to ask is, why CrossFit Harrow? What brought you to CrossFit Harrow? Um, I guess a couple of reasons. One, the kind of workouts that um, I've done in CrossFit really appeal to me. So various types of circuits. Um, that's the kind of stuff I've been doing for the last five years or so, mm-hmm. I would say. In the gym, outside, whatever. So like I would, um, uh, in, in, like for instance, last year over lockdown, I got myself a sandbag, filled it up with like 25 kilos of sand, would go for a walk with that for like an hour, wow. like holding it in different positions or whatever. Um, I think the hour's the longest I did, by the way. So <laughs> hour wouldn't be every single time. That, usually be like half an hour. <laughs> that is tough. Sandbags, doing that kind of stuff is- It's really yeah, fun yeah, though. Yeah. It's really fun. And um, I got some rings as well, some battle rope, and I was just doing all kinds of different workouts outside, um, circuits. And so this is, this is like the kind of thing that um, I enjoy doing. Um, and the social aspect as well. So I used to, try, I used to my, I, I tutor, I'm a private tutor, so my work is not very social. So I don't meet very many new people. Um, so I wanted to have some kind of uh, social activity that I could do. And I tend to, uh, rather than doing meetups or stuff like that, I prefer to do sports, mm. which are social and CrossFit is, is one of those things. Nice. Um, so with regards to tutoring, um, what age group? Is that all age groups? Um, A-levels. A-levels. A-levels at the moment, yeah. Is that something you always want to get into? No, not always. Um, I mean, I only really only thought about it in my final year of university. So actually, um, from, from, from the age of about 18, when I wanted to go to university, I wanted to, uh, I studied physics okay. uh, at university. Um, I wanted to do a PhD. Right. Um, and up until about fourth year, I still had that idea. But then I was just thinking this would be a pretty hard life. It'd be it'll be hard. A lot of the people who are doing PhDs, they seemed a lot smarter than I was. <laughs> so like I didn't want to be in a position where um, I would constantly be uh, playing catch up. Right. Uh, I okay. wanted to do something that I was felt that I was confident that I could be good at, um, and I wanted to be self-employed. Um, for various reasons, like all the effort you put in, you get the reward for that. Yeah. You can choose your own hours. And yeah, tutoring is rewarding. I can, I think one of the things that really appealed to me about tutoring as well is that I could learn whatever I wanted to learn and then teach that. So I really love learning. Um, and so, so that's, that's what appealed to me. Um, is there a favorite topic or subject that you have? I teach maths and physics. Maths and physics. At the moment, yeah. And um, um, yeah, so. Yeah, that's about first full time at the moment. So like during term time, I would work from around 1.30 to 9ish on weekdays. And then on uh, Sundays I would work, well, I used to work like, Sundays I do nine till nine on Sundays. That was way too much. Uh, now I'm doing around 11.30 to nine. And then I, I would imagine obviously kids at all that age group are still at school. So you're doing a lot of their stuff after school. So yeah, but A-level students sometimes finish a bit early. Earlier, yeah. um, so like, that's why I can teach students at like 1.30. Yeah. So sport-wise, um, big, back, big backgrounds of sport growing up? Yeah, I, um, so I think when I was a kid, I swam and played tennis. And uh, those are the two things that I did a lot. Um, and as I was doing that more and more, um, at some point I was doing like uh, three or four swims a week. I was doing like two or three tennis sessions a week. And then I had to choose between one or the other. Um, I chose to swim. So I, I did that for a few years. Um, I think that's probably one of the fittest I've ever been when I used to swim before. I was swimming like six times a week. Um, swimming is so underrated. It's, it's a really good exercise. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, I wish I didn't stop it because I wouldn't have all these injuries then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so the, I did triathlon for a while um, in my late teens, do for a couple of years. Regular triathlons? Um, now I do aqua bikes, um, but okay. yeah, back then I did, I did triathlon uh, for a few years. Um, got, a, got a running injury, so my arch is like kind of collapsed. Um, so then that stopped me from doing triathlon. Um, got into university, did a bit of taekwondo for, for a year. Got into my first fight, realized I didn't like fighting. Um, I actually forgot to mention I did karate before that as well for okay. some time. Got up to black belt. Um, but oh, wow. then, um, yeah, I, I didn't really enjoy it as much as other sports. Um, Is it because of the solo element? No, or? it's not the solo element. I don't mind doing. I don't mind doing sports alone. Like I mean, the things I'm doing right well, now. So, yeah, I, guess I swim so. and cycle. I do that alone. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm completely fine exercising alone, but I also need some kind of social aspect, and that's why CrossFit is useful. Um, but otherwise, I'm, I've always most of the sports I've done. I've never, I've never really done any team sports. I'm more of a just do my own thing um, kind of person. Um, and yeah, so realized I didn't like fighting. It's just that that feeling of adrenaline and, and dread before the fight. I just did not like that, and I couldn't get over that. Um, but I mean, yeah, I'm sure fighters love that yeah, feeling I mean, and overcoming that. Yeah, I love watching fighting. <laughs> Do you still watch fights to this day? Um, I watch a lot of UFC at the moment. Um, that's like one of the one of the two sports that I watch. That and F1. Um, and and F1 for one. Yeah, 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 those two things. Um, and then so uh, university. Then I did weightlifting for like two or th three or four years, I think. Okay. Um, ollie lifting for about two years, maybe two to three years before I got injured. And I think that's the thing that I progressed the most at. And I had more of a like... Um, An interest? I'm not, well, interest, yes. But I think that's the thing I just progressed the most at. So like, I think my body is probably uh, more built towards gaining strength. Um, but I didn't do it in a sustainable way, so I got injured. Um, but yeah, at the time I was um, I was uh, getting ready to qualify for nationals. Um, I was quite close to the weights, so I think I think at the time I can't really remember that the entry weight was two twenty in total, two twenty kilograms. Yeah. Um, for my weight category, which was seventy seven, um, my snatch was ninety five. My my clean and jerk was one hundred and sixteen. So I was what was that? That's like nine kilos off. So I was fairly close. But then I got a knee injury and. I was doing physio for that for months and months, but it didn't seem to get much better. And that's when I kind of just transitioned into circuit stuff because that's all I could really do. I couldn't lift heavy anymore, but I still enjoyed lifting and going to the gym. So I started doing more circuit stuff. And um, in my 20s, I was doing mostly that. I swam for some time as well at a club, but then the, uh, the early mornings were too much. Uh, I kept getting ill, having to wake up at like 5.30 every day. Yeah, it it doesn't sit well with everyone getting no, up at that no, time. No, no, because like I, I see people do it and they seem so fresh and able to do it day in day out. But for me, my sleep quality is just not very good. Um, I wake up quite frequently in the night, and um, so having to get up early, it, it just doesn't work for me. Mm. It doesn't work. And um, so after that point, when I was like, there was like one winter where I got ill like six times. I said that I'm, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to wake up early to exercise again. I, I believe that actually, that, that waking up early like that can, it's very different for everyone. It's different for everyone, yeah. But, but it does put a lot of additional stress on the body. It does, it does. And when you need that recovery, mm. then waking up early is, is not going to help with that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore now. I, don't, I, don't never, I pretty much never wake up with an alarm. I just wake up whenever. I mean, I don't have does to that seem to be consistent time-wise though? Um, well, my sleep quality is not great. Um, I've been struggling with sleep for the last year or so. Um, so right now it's quite, it's quite varied. So like one day I'd wake up at like 
four o'clock, not be able to get back to sleep. One day, I'd, and then one day I'd, I'd sleep until like eight or nine. So it's quite varied. Do, do you do you think this is a result of the last no, two it's, years? No, it's, it's really strange. It's really strange. So like, um, it first happened uh, when I started taking multivitamins. Right. Which is the weirdest thing. Um, I didn't even make the connection at the time, but I started taking multivitamins. My sleep got dramatically worse uh, fairly soon after that. And by dramatically worse, I mean like I was waking up after every sleep cycle, um, really, really thirsty, um, like dying of thirst and needed to go to the toilet. And I was drinking in the middle of the night um, several times and I would wake up obviously at the end of the night, not refreshed at all. Um, and then this happened again uh, when I started taking some multivitamins again. And actually it just got recently re-triggered by me taking, me having a Huel drink, a couple of Huel drinks, because they have vitamins in them as well. And so um, I've been to the GP a few times, they've done some tests on me to check if I have too many of a certain vitamin, but none of the tests came back showing anything that like that is the case. Um, and the third time I called them saying, this is still a problem, they basically said there's nothing we can do. So like, great. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do next? I don't know. So right now I'm just like, I'm trying to like, uh, I'm logging all of the things that I think could possibly cause this in an Excel spreadsheet, like how much salt did I have today? Did I have sugar before bed? Uh, did I get light in the morning? Um, how intense was my exercise? How much did I drink during the day? What kind of things did I eat? Um, did I have vitamin-rich food? And lo I'm logging all of those things and trying to find a pattern, but as of yet, the only thing that I've conclusively figured out that is definitely causing this is having vitamin supplements. Wow. Multivitamin specifically, so I'm not sure which vitamin exactly it is. but. It, it's, it seems to me like something else might be wrong. Like this is just triggering it mm. as opposed to that is the actual problem. Like there's too much of a certain vitamin. I feel like it's triggering something else. So. Have you tried, um, have you tried in the, let's say if it's, I don't know, seven C's multivitamin and there's seven vitamins in there. Have you tried taking, going through a series of going? Not yet, no. Not yet, no. Um, I mean, right now I'm just avoiding multivitamins. Completely. Except for vitamin D which we don't thing. get enough of anyway exactly yeah so like in the in the winter I've just started taking it again basically yeah they do say as you approach winter actually you're supposed to up your vegetable intake is um, that the case yeah I, I'm pretty confident that I read that um, a, a long long time ago uh, and the, I, I want to say specifically um, broccoli um, right. I might I don't know that stands out for some this is quite a few years ago I read that but what does broccoli have in it uh, yeah, off the top of my head, I can't remember. Vitamin uh, K. I was going to say K too. Um, but going into the winter, if you have more of that specific, or more vegetables in general, they would provide a various amounts of vitamins anyway. But having that would actually um, prevent you from being ill. Right, I see. Yeah, um, quite interesting. A long time ago I read that. Um, so you're trying to figure out now what that, what that could possibly be. Yeah, basically, basically. Um, and how long would that affect you for? Well, I mean, like it was happening on and off for uh, for a year, really, um, and just for like maybe the last two months or three months, excluding the last two weeks, uh, were really good. I was my sleep was better. I was I had more energy when I was training. I was getting fitter. I was hitting PBs. Um, but in the last two weeks, it's took another dip, and that, that's after I started taking um, those fuel drinks. Um, I only had two. Literally, just had two. So it's yeah, it's weird. Um, so I think if this doesn't get better in the next, I don't know, a few weeks or whatever, then I think it's probably time to maybe try the GP one more time because I'm, I'm changing GPs now as I moved house. Um, and if that doesn't work, then it's time to go private. And uh, See if you just got to have to yeah. pay the money for that, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
let, let's go into the weightlifting side. I, I quite enjoy weightlifting. Um, what made you at uni move over to, to that? Was it, I know you said at the beginning you like to learn new things. Was that? Um, so like, uh, so yeah, I was, I was just coming out of uh, Taekwondo, I think, because yeah, I just realized I, I, I didn't really like fighting that much. Um, and I, uh, I was in the gym just lifting weights, doing various like barbell stuff, deadlifts, squats. I wasn't particularly strong though. I was, I was fairly weak. Um, and I saw this, this guy, this, this big guy, like he weighs at least a hundred kilograms and he was doing, uh, clean and jerks at the time. And he was lifting probably around a good a shape, a hundred kilo or no, out of shape? kind of out of shape. Sorry, Tom. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, you're probably not going to hear this anymore. Um, but yeah, so, and uh, uh, yeah, he was lifting quite a heavy weight. And I, I saw him doing that, clean and jerking that. I thought, wow, that looks fucking cool. And I thought I'd want to do that. And so I started doing it, uh, got into it. One of the uh, coaches at the gym taught it to me. And the community at, at UCL was really good. Like, um, uh, there were quite a few people into Olympic lifting at the time. Um, and a lot of them were, were quite nerdy, as a lot of Ollie lifters are, I'd imagine. Um, very much into perfecting their form. We all helped each other uh, with technique and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, eventually I just got better and better, kept getting stronger and stronger. And uh, eventually I was, I was lifting more than him, which was, oh, wow. which was really cool, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that must have been pretty cool. That was, that was um, talk us through, because, you know, being part of, of, a, of a CrossFit environment and the weightlifting side and having that experience of giving people a sight into like the progress made in terms of why progress is made through weightlifting and like the increments in weight. Because I think you've got quite a good, you're quite self-aware in terms of lifts that you're, you know, in terms of your numbers, how to increase in weight, kind of what stimulus, etc. So if you can, try and give people an understanding of the relationship you had with the barbells let's say or the weight growing up through weight doing the weightlifting hmm. like it wasn't a case of like i'm gonna put just whack on put this weight on just sit, find out what happens mm. yeah yeah oh i have to go back trying to remember what my programming was like back then um because it's a very patient game it is a very patient game and there's a lot of squatting it's not just a case of like um uh going in there and just clean and jerking and snatching all the time there's a lot of drills um, that you need to do to like perfect those two techniques, trying to identify what, what weaknesses you might have um, and a lot of squatting. So like, as, as I'm sure a lot of people would be aware of here, like the way to get stronger at ollie lifting is to do a lot of squatting. Like that's mm. the best way to, to get stronger at it. Um, so a lot of my time spent training would have been doing those various drills and squatting. Um, yeah, I can't really remember too much about what kind of program I did, did that thing. But I remember that when I went to um, uh, Westway Barbell Club. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the coach there was was more about lifting heavy quite frequently. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if that was the best thing for me, really. But, but there are various methods. Um, yeah, like the Bulgarian method is that yeah. one, I think? Yeah, there's quite a few. Um, or even like let's say views or beliefs of yeah, lifting a certain way x amount of times yeah. um, and some people even believe like just not even going heavy that much just yeah. doing loads of reps is the way to get stronger th th there is research and studies show that a lot of weightlifting uh should be done between 70 to 85 percent okay. of your max in right. or, without having to like you obviously establish what your max is and then yeah. a lot of lifting is done between 70 to 85 percent right i see okay 
and I can't remember where I read this, but it's something ridiculous. Like that you guys have heard me in the gym say this. Like you need to do something between 23 to 27 repetitions between 60 and 75%. And in a go? No, no, no. <laughs> as, uh, to, essentially, to switch on your central nervous system mm. to make you feel that weight, be more aware of that weight, mm. get you nice and, let's say, hot and warm and everything um, before you're ready to lift any So you do basically like three sets of eight or something? Yeah, like a that. lot of warm-up sets. A lot okay, of warm-up sets. Um, between 60 and 75 or between 65 and something like that to, to switch on the central nervous system it's quite again that was quite an interesting interesting reading there's been studies to, to show that actually applying that because it's the load on the body and the joints um you tend to uh have a better let's say weightlifting experience mm. a lot of people think just every week i need to put on more put on more but as you know having done it some weightlifters will only put on like two and a half kilo over four years mm. yeah especially yeah. like watching the olympics yeah yeah for sure um, so now I'm like, I'm doing more cardio stuff, mm. cycling and swimming more. And like I, I read, I was reading this triathlon book recently and it said like 70% uh, of your exercise should be below your aerobic threshold, mm. um, which is for me like, a, well, it's 65% of your of your maximum heart rate. And that's that's not very hard. No, that's not it, very in hard. fact. And I was um, thinking like, fucking hell, I've been, I've been like pushing myself so hard all this time and I realized like the majority of my workout should be kind of easy <laughs> well it's interesting that you say that there's a book I was, listen, I was listening to the audio of it uh, I think it's Ben Grenfell uh, or Greenfell something like that can't remember the name of the book um, training something uh, but anyway he, de he, just, he describes his black hole training um, similar to what you're saying a lot of our training is in this black hole because on 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 days that we should be working out, it's too high, mm. uh, and then, uh, yeah, too high. And then something to do with like on days that we're supposed to be like exerting our max, it's not high enough. That's that's one of the things that I read as well a few years ago. I was reading a book by Dan John. Um, he's just a, a strength athlete, I think, okay. coach. And yeah, I think one of the things he said was that people's people's highs are too low and their lows are too, too high. Yeah, oh, that's which exactly is, it. Which, yeah. is, which is what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. and that's like. That's that's basically the trying to, the kind of uh, philosophy that I'm trying to have on my training now. But that said, I have a coach now, so like I don't need to worry about any of that anymore. Yeah, so he's gonna sort it all out. Yeah, yeah, um, it's good because uh, you know day to day in the gym, like you you see it around. You know, people are doing like four, five, six, and not just in CrossFit gyms. Like this is across the world. Like you know, four, five, six sessions a day, and they end up like getting into this black hole worth of training where it's hard enough that they're sweating from it, but actually not hard enough that they're getting a stimulus, the right stimulus out of it. Mm. Or like you said, too low when it should be high or high and low and stuff. Um, so it is very fascinating to, once ha having read that or listened to that part of the book, I've, I've been, I've noticed it a lot, a lot more, um, mm. how we do it on every, and even you see the stuff through social media as well. It's just try this workout, you know, how fast can you do this? And, and it's actually not necessarily always about mm. that, but it's interesting about that low threshold. Um, Okay, so weightlifting wise, continued to do that for two, three years. Three, yeah, I did that years. for two, three years, and then I got that knee injury. Um, so that was a real bummer because I was really enjoying weightlifting, um, and it's just such an exhilarating sport. Yeah, like throwing yourself under a bar 
that could kill you if it fell on you. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that, really that, that happened, or it nearly happened to one really? of the, Yeah. Um, Didn't actually watch any of the competitions recently. No, one of the, years and years ago, I think his name's Kevin Ogar. Okay. I don't know if, uh, the barbell landed on him. And really? okay. uh, he'd done something quite bad to his neck, and it paralyzed him from the waist down. Wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, okay. Um, if you Google, if the guys who are listening, if you Google Kevin Ogar, um, you can actually watch the video online. Yeah. And there's a, they do this massive fundraiser thing every year. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is it is an exciting sport. It's really fun. It's really mm. exhilarating. Yeah. Um, what uh, if you were to start that again? Mm. What would you do if you if we were to go back? What would you do differently? I think if if I were to start that again, what I would do differently is it's. I'm still not entirely sure what's causing this injury, but I think like uh, um, I have an idea. Like I think my, what my physio has basically told me is like I need to like loosen up my IT band and my quads. But I, th- I have a feeling there's more imbalances there that need to be addressed. Um, so I think I would probably, I was, I, I would say get all these coaches and things like that. But I was a student at the time, so I couldn't really afford too much. I don't think. Um, but if I if I did have some spare cash, then see a physio fairly regularly just for all the little niggles I had. And uh, and as my as my girlfriend did, but she was doing taekwondo before. Get a strength and conditioning coach, mm. um, someone who really knows like how to maintain a, a balanced body, which which is less prone to injury. Yeah. So I definitely have some imbalances. Strength and conditioning coaches are underrated too. The majority of them. Right. Um, they actually they do they do similar to what we would do, but on a more scientific mm, level personal basis yeah yeah um and you're right they would a lot of snc coaches would look at some of the some of the styles might be very old school traditional but actually balancing the body mm. would be there'd be a lot of drills that they would do that you'd look in if it was ha- if it was happening in any gym they'd be like oh that i've never seen that before that's mm. new and it would probably have no correlation to the actual movement that you're trying to improve mm. uh but it would be relevant to a body part that requires more strength mm, or the yeah. where there's an imbalance yeah i mean like i mean I, I i can just tell by looking at myself that my quads are way bigger than my hamstrings mm. um that's probably from all the squatting i did and yeah, yeah maybe from my body proportions as well like my femur length and that kind of thing people don't realize that though they don't realize how important like the load that you put on your that you put on your body with regards to levers mm. um there is a certain build for weightlifting there definitely is a certain build i don't for have that build <laughs> <laughs> i don't have that build um, um, my limbs are quite long. Yeah, long limbs is hard. It's not hard as a weightlifter, but it's... It's, it's harder. Yeah, it's harder. The Chinese people with their tiny backs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, long backs. Long, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiny limbs. Yeah. Um, there is definitely... And sometimes people say, like, why can't I do this or why can't I do that? It's like some people could just not built for it and mm-hmm. just don't have the flexibility or mobility at that. To get to that kind of higher level, yeah. Yeah. Like, there is definitely an element of, like... A huge element of genetic potential as well. I can't remember the uh, Chinese weightlifter's name. Li Ling Zhao, number one weightlifter. I can't. Yeah. I can't pronounce his name. Lu 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 Yeah, 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 Maybe? yeah. Um, there's a again. There's a video on YouTube that describes that he traditionally cleaning jerk would be a um, a split jerk. Yeah. But they identified that his body yeah. isn't built for split jerking, so okay. he just doesn't do it. He just squat He's a squat jerks. Jerk, doesn't He's he? yeah. A, yeah, which requires tremendous strength and mobility. And mobility. Yeah. Um, and that's they just like and, and obviously when you get to that level, there's a lot more like research and science behind it of mm. like you as a person. They study you in mm. terms of levers, like muscle size, etc. 
Um, but yeah, they, that, that's what they've done to him. Um, and he found out that he can't split jerk. <laughs> yeah, and it was I no can't squat jerk. Yeah, it's, it's very hard. It's very hard. It yeah. is very hard. Um, okay, so after Ollie lifting, yeah. um, well, we said the thing that you would change and do differently. What just work more with an SSC coach? Yeah, and get more regular physio. Regular physio. Um, probably not lift heavy as much. I would say because I think that probably wore me out quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, and I think when I got the injury, stop sooner. Um, and then really try to address whatever was causing that thing. Yeah. I think those are the main things I would have done. So I think at, like when we're at that age, you're almost like your body just recovers like so quickly. It does, yeah. You just go yeah, for it. It really does. And like I've, I've, like I had the ankle injury, but with most kinds of tendonitis related injuries, it just it just got better for me. Mm. Uh, maybe do a few drills, some stretching, some isolation exercises, and it gets better. But in this case, that didn't happen for some reason. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, okay, so we got after Ollie lifting. What happened next? Where where did sport take you? Um, so I wasn't really doing much competitive sport for years and only now am I getting back into doing like competing again um, so so yeah I was doing mostly circuit stuff myself just training by myself in the gym yeah um, uh, doing the things that I was talking about with like sandbags and stuff like that um, and then and then I swam for like two or three years um, in a club again uh, so relived that, that swimming experience yeah exactly yeah and um, and I was really enjoying it, but it's just the mornings again. The mornings were just too much, so I had to stop that. There was no way that I could keep doing that with the sleep that I was getting. I would imagine there's probably not a lot of swimming clubs that happen during the week, uh, during the day, because None. None. it's before. It's really after. hard to find. Like I mean, um, like the I, I joined a swimming club recently this summer um, just to do one session a week that they had. Uh, on the weekends they had a 7:30 start, which what? is not that late. Yeah, not, not that early rather. Um, and. So yeah, I would have been paying like fifty pounds a month for that one session a week, which I was okay to do if the session was good, but the session was not good. Oh right. Um, when I got there, the coach came up to me and said, "So the guys here, they kind of just do their own thing. So uh, are you happy to do that, or should I give you a program?" I was like, well, "I kind of want a program." And he, he gave me something to do. I, it wasn't it wasn't that he didn't give me anything to do, but I think it was just that people weren't all doing the same thing. There wasn't that sense of competition and that camaraderie. It was just people doing their own thing in, in the lane and then having a chat. And I didn't really enjoy that. I mean, I could just do that at the public pool. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, what, what was your stroke in swimming? What um, was your favorite stroke? Well, when I was doing it when I was a kid, I really liked butterfly, no, butterfly, breaststroke and front crawl. Um, but uh, now, well now, because the things that I'm doing right now, the things that I'm competing in right now are aqua bikes, which is swim and then cycle. Um, so I just do front crawl now pretty much. And how, what's the distance of the aqua bike? Well, the ones that interest me the most are the sprint ones. So mm. the sprint ones would be a 750 meter swim, yeah. um, and then followed by a 20k bike, which would take a, under an hour. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the because I I, not, I didn't realize that because I didn't realize that it's usually the bike and run, is it not for like a duathlon? Is it so a duathlon? I think is I think that's run bike run. R oh I right, think run that's bike a duathlon. Okay. Triathlon is swim bike run. Swim bike run, yeah. And then you have like. Aquathon, Aquathon, which is like swim run or run swim run. Probably, okay. No, probably swim run because you usually wouldn't jump into a wetsuit in the middle of a race. You'd come out of a wetsuit, but getting into a wetsuit is a bit long. So, you so have you been race. doing these open open water? Um, yeah, I've only done a few though so far. Um, open water scary. People have heard me is, say this. It is scary. Like yeah. the first time I did it, this was back in 2010 um, when I first did a lake swim. I actually had like a mini panic attack in yeah. the water. 
because like I was just not used to swimming in a in a in a place where I couldn't see the bottom. <laughs> and we'll my, touch the side. My swimming ability is good. Like I've been swimming a long time. I'm very confident that I can swim for a long time for hours. Yeah. But um, just being in that scenario where I couldn't see the bottom of the of the of the, of it's the scary. lake is scary. And yeah, like, yeah. Now I'm a bit more used to it, but um, I'm still it's still like I'm not very comfortable with it. Um, and also wetsuits are fiddly and like constraining. Last time I did a race, um, I just felt like I couldn't breathe very much. I'm not sure if that was because I think it's just simply because the wetsuit was tight. I think it's that because the time before before that when I did a lake swim, I didn't feel like I was panicking. Um, but they say you need experience in a wet. Like you, you if it's yeah. your first time doing it, it's yeah, quite yeah. tough. Yeah, that was the first time in that wetsuit. Because you can't so. just wear it in the house and yeah, like yeah. get used to it. Yeah, you, you can't yeah. really wear. It. I'm not sure if you can wear it in a pool. I don't think you can. No, I don't, I'm not sure you can. Because it would just be too hot. Yeah, you just overheat like straight away. Um, unless you ran in the shower, uh, but that would also be very very strange. There are some outdoor pools that yeah. are fucking freezing. Yeah, yeah. Really cold, yeah. like uh, shivering cold. Like you have to swim fast, otherwise you're going to be cold. Cold, yeah. And uh, I think in, in those kinds of places, you probably wear a wetsuit. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we've got, you've got written down hiking. Do you, do you find, you, you still into that? Is that something you still do? Um, so because of the foot injury, I don't do it as much as I used to. Okay. Um, because from, from, uh, from triathlon, from running. Um, but when I was younger, I used to do hiking quite a lot. Right. Um, so like uh, in my gap year, I did an expedition to Oman for a couple of months. Oh, wow. Um, so like me and about 15 people in total, I'd say, um, we went to Oman, did various science surveys and, uh, um, hiked around a lot in the desert. And was that just a backpack? Yeah, kind of? backpack. We had, um, all our own food as well. So like what would happen is we, we, we had a, a, a huge supply of food. We would drive out to a certain place in the desert, right. um, with our four by fours. Um, and then we would stay there for a while, maybe do some local hikes around um, and live off that food and wow. water and whatever. Um, that was an amazing experience. Yeah, as an 18 year old doing that, um, it was at that point, until that point, that was the best experience of my life. Was there any point doing that where you're like, I've run out of water, I'm fucked? No, no, I mean, it was, it was well organized. So like uh, we had plenty of water. Uh, there and we knew where the nearby wells were and our Fine. vehicles were running and everything so we could just go there and stuff because I, I would imagine that the first thing to do in that heat would be like I'm thirsty <laughs> I want to drink right and then yeah. you would keep that cycle up yeah no I wasn't too worried about that I wasn't too worried about that I uh, yeah trusted the organization of the expedition um, what I was worried about though one time which no one else seemed to be really worried about was getting trampled by cows because <laughs> there was this <laughs> one time when we were uh, camping out in this uh what's called a wadi which is like a dry valley i think okay. seasonal rains um and we were in this valley um and there were there was a herd of cattle that would walk through every day or whatever um and like in the middle of the night as well and we were throughout the whole time we didn't sleep, sleep in tents except for a couple and, well, well yeah <laughs> goes without saying yeah and um so we were just sleeping in our in our uh sleeping bags um and on the floor um, and I was I was worried that I'd get trampled on by a cow because there were like uh, wolves, um, oh. hyenas around and stuff like that. Nothing that is dangerous to humans because they're all quite small creatures. Um, all of the animals there, the leopards, the wolves, they're all quite small. They don't attack humans. They're quite scared of humans. Um, but if one of those things attacked a cow and there was a stampede, I'd get trampled on. Them. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Of that. Wow, you said that was your uh, minus that experience. That, um, but you said that was one of your best experiences to date. What what what's up? What else is up there with one of your best experiences to date? Um, 
it's kind of cringe but falling in love okay i think that's probably the that as well as weightlifting um those are probably they, they kind of coincided together okay like i met the the, the girl that i'm with now um oh, through weightlifting not through weightlifting but at that same time okay um six seven years ago that was probably one of the best experiences of oh, my amazing life as well that's so nice to hear yeah um yeah i know it feels weird talking about it a lot but like <laughs> <laughs> but like um i guess like you have a vision of like what your life is going to be like when you meet this certain someone and then when you meet that person and that vision starts to actually become true yeah yeah then that's an amazing feeling yeah. amazing that is i think that's the first time we've ever heard something i think that's really amazing um so i was you, lucky i'm very lucky yeah uh, well i mean <laughs> not not everyone has you know they yeah whether they talk as highly i think if they put it in the same category maybe because that, that would be the first time that i've asked that question and someone have gone and put love in that category um yeah so i think I have a feeling that a lot of people might not want to say that. Say it, as well. yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. if I were to be honest, yeah, yeah, and like I think it's admirable. I think it's amazing. I don't want to. I don't want to like go around saying that to people. Oh, the best <laughs> experience that I had was falling in love. <laughs> you miserable single fuck. <laughs> I don't want to say that to people. But no, it, I, it's um, it definitely, you know, it takes you. What's the like? You're confident in that, and it's it's been highlighted as you said. Your your um what you envisioned is starting to become real and that's why it's given you such a, an amazing ex experience. Mm -hmm. what, what's the plan for what else was, you know, in that vision? What, what leads, to, what's the next thing? Um, having kids, I guess. Yeah. That's probably the next thing. Um, yeah, I think my girlfriend's really passionate about having kids. At the moment, I've, I'm not like, I, I think I want to have kids, but I'm not like really passionate as she is about it. But I'm preparing for it. <laughs> so like, yeah. Well, you ha I think mentally you have to be there because I mean, I, I don't have the experience so of being a, a I think parent. so too, yeah. So I, I definitely need to think about that more. Um, it, I, you I, have to become selfless. Yeah. Uh, and give your, t like, it's hard giving your time up. It is, yeah. Um, it really is. To, to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, have to be, you have to be in that space that you're, you're completely ready. And, and it's, it's, it's also kind of difficult for me to visualize it because I was the youngest sibling. Right. I never had any other kids who were like significantly younger than me that I had ever had to nurture or take care of. Um, whereas my girlfriend, she is the eldest of five siblings. Wow. So, so like, she would she have has done four younger yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think a lot of the time she was also like um, definitely somewhat of a maternal role to those to those kids. I think a lot of women have it in them anyway, generally, don't yeah, they? I think so. It's, it's more they do have that maternal thing. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Got um, guys, I think, get better. That's I think it. we kind of figure out when the baby yeah. pops out. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, then you well, we're yet to know. We, we'll, we'll find yeah. out, I'm Maybe sure. Maybe I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, okay, and then, and then you, we've written down just a couple of things to, to discuss with regards to like health. Where, where would you prioritize? I mean, just by what you've said, it sounds like your health is quite important to you. Yeah, definitely. Um, but how, how do, what are ways that you improve your health, which maybe people would, wouldn't see, uh, wouldn't normally do, or maybe it's new to them? Uh, anything that you do hmm. in particular hmm. uh, from from I've started doing intermittent or time restricted eating recently fine um, so I guess that might not be so common um, so like every day I would start eating around like 11 or 12 um, and then finish eating around 7 um, most days I would do that um, uh, I'm still 
I'm still playing around with it right now. That that kind of schedule seems to work for me because I don't really get too hungry in the mornings. Um, but, but that could also be to do with the sleep pattern and stuff as well. That could just suit you naturally. It could do, yeah. Yeah. It could do. Um, but yeah, it's meant to have loads of benefits. Uh, there's like a lot of the tests have been done on animals. Um, so like there, I don't think there's as many human tests on this as there have been for animals. But like things like imp- improved cardiovascular ability, improved focus, um, and all the like different organs in your body working better because they have that rest from eating. Um, I think the idea is that like once you start eating, as soon as you start eating, you start various biological clocks in your body. And then as the day goes on, um, let's say you, eat, you start eating at like six and then you, uh, you have another meal like eight or nine or something. Um, by that point, your body is not as able to absorb those nutrients and, and tackle that food in the same way that it would have been in the morning. Um, so it's a lot more taxing. And like your ability to, uh, like your, your blood glucose levels would be, would, would be different if you had the same meal in the morning versus in the evening mm-hmm. um, for that exact same reason. Um, so like that's why you, I think the idea is you want to try and keep that eating windows uh, relatively small. Yeah, I want to put a disclaimer out there and say to people that are listening to this that that is not necessarily just the way to lose weight or fix or improve your foods. You have a lot of experience in, I would imagine, nutrition uh, throughout the years of training. Yeah. Um, for those of you who are struggling to maintain your weight or eat properly, you need to find consistency in your diet before you start reducing the times of eating. So, so like, I, I'm not actually reducing calories as well. I'm still eating the exact same like amount. You're just getting it at a certain time. You're just getting it at a certain time frame. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so my diet is the same as what yeah. it was before. Um, no, that, I think that's a, a lot. Well, a lot of people do change that, but I want to put that out there because a lot of people listen to this and think, oh, I need to lose. I, I want to lose weight, so I'm going to fast, mm. and that's the way to do it. Mm. Um, yeah. My intention was not really to lose weight. Though, yeah, yeah. Of it's course. just for like uh, health reasons to yeah, give yeah. my body a break from eating, yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, your, as I said, I think with your background, you've nat- you've naturally been quite pretty tuned into your your food and intake, and because mm. it's also quite a big important aspect for your recovery um, and your performance. Yeah. Um, what has worked before this? What has worked really really well for you in terms of what you have taken in? I'm not sure. That's a hard question to say. I'm quite insensitive to these kinds of like changes in food and stuff like that. What would have been good for me? Did you find that a uh, a big breakfast? Did you find that a, a consistent amount of meals throughout the day? Did you find mm. that not eating at a certain time in between training or whatnot? Well, I, I train in the morning now without having eaten anything. Um, and I have plenty of energy. I don't find at all that I'm running out of energy. What um, time did you say, sorry, your bedtime? Like usually I go to bed around 10. Around 10. And that's like fairly religious. Like I, I usually I'm in bed like 10 or soon after. Yeah, I'd have the odd day or here, here, here or there where I'm doing something. But, but yeah, I, I'm fairly consistent with my bedtime. Um, but then waking up is a whole other story because um, of my sleep quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think not eating in the morning uh, is good. I've enjoyed that. Um, I feel like I have loads of energy for my workouts. Um, I'm not worrying about my stomach, like having eaten too soon before my workout or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, my like my, my cardiovascular ability has improved since I've started doing this, but there's so many other things that I've been doing as well. I'm not going to say that it's due to that. Yeah, so, yeah, sure. no, interesting. Um, what uh, what would what would be now your focus for the next, or what is your focus now for the next? six 12 months fitness wise fitness wise so i've got this new coach 
um, who's going to be coaching me for Aquabikes. So, I mean, he's going to be giving me my plans. Um, CrossFit for me right now is more of a is a way of having fun is also just keep saying staying strong and um, not getting injured so like having those range of movements that will just enable me to to keep on doing uh, swimming and cycling without getting injured um, and also just staying generally strong and healthy yeah um, so 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 like I have I do have some goals in terms of times and things like that that I would like to hit but it's hard for me to say like in this time I want to hit this thing because what if my sleep gets worse again like I'm not going to be able to improve much if that's the case like it is right now for the last couple of weeks um, so health wise the goal would be to try and sort out this sleep issue um, fitness wise I want to try and uh, I want to try and compete in some bigger races if possible Right now, I've just been doing mostly like entry level races where the, the standard has not been super high. I've been doing fairly well in them, but like uh, I want to get fitter and compete in something bigger. Raising the competition floor is generally raising yeah, the exactly. floor. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just want to get faster. I don't, yeah. know ex- I don't know exactly what time to, that I can get because I'm not really sure like how much I can consistently improve each month. Um, well, see, that's the thing. That's another hard thing of training as well is that. There are going to be times where you, you don't consistently improve. Yeah. Like, I mean, like the whole, the last like year I've been, I've been cycling fairly consistently. I didn't see much improvement at all. But then in, in like, in the last two or three months when my sleep was better, I saw massive improvement. Yeah. Um, that also coincided with when I started CrossFit. It's really hard to say like what caused it. Has it been the time restricted eating? Has it been CrossFit? Has yeah. it been my sleep is better? I'm, I'm assuming it's a combination of all, all of them. All three, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I'll just, I'll take whatever improvements when I can and, and just keep on trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, and then what about, you know, personal life? Like, you know, are you going to take tutoring to, uh, a different level? Is it, you know, that obviously mentioned at the beginning that you always want to be self-employed, always wanted to work for yourself. Is that going to go, are you going to take that bigger? Are you going to, are you happy where you are currently? Goals wise, are you fine with, like, are you good? So, I mean, I was, um temporarily happy for a while with where I was like I'd reached a level where I could um, afford to do all the things I wanted to do was still like saving for a pension um, I wasn't saving for a house or anything in the last few years I've been mostly just putting my money into a pension um, but now I'm at the age now where like in a few years my girlfriend's a year younger than me so she's 27 right now um, she'll we'll, we'll want to we'll have kids in like three years or something like that that probably might be a good a good time buy a house in a similar kind of time or start saving for a house at least in a similar kind of time so I need to increase my income and um, she's also not working that much right now because over the last like two or three two years I think she's been suffering from chronic fatigue syndrome she's getting better but it's, it's taking a lot of time uh, she, she she's had like some childhood trauma I think she's just getting through that um, so I need to I need to be able to obviously provide for myself, save for a house, um, provide for her, provide for kids. So I basically need to double my income. <laughs> yeah, get to work, Kieran. <laughs> so like basically um, I've, I've set myself out a plan. Um, uh, the next thing that I'm going to be basically doing is um, making YouTube videos um, for physics and maths. Try and gain, try and gain some reputation and, uh, and following from that. Um, charge more, make courses, and and yeah, hopefully that will do it. Amazing, sounds good. Kieran, thank you for your time. We have run out of time for today. Um, yeah, all the best.
and thank you very much. Tune in again next week for another episode. See you later.